0: Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to be at, Genesis chapter 6. We've been taking a journey uh, through the scripture, uh, usually uh, at least once a year or once every other year or uh, uh, every year and a half or so. I like bringing some messages on the home. And uh, you know, folks, uh, that's one of those things that uh, always needs constant attention. Amen? Always. Uh, listen, folks, Satan is after our homes. He uh, hates the home. I think we can look around society and see what's going on, and I think we all could Agree, the home's under attack, is it not? And uh, you know, the best thing we can do is to exemplify the type of homes that the Bible says we ought to have. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, if we'll all do what we're supposed to be doing, and, you know, I understand there's different types of homes. I mean, we've got a lot of young uh, families in this church raising kids. We got some couples who you're uh, past your pastor, uh, child raising years. We got some folks that you know what, you're uh, you're uh, you're single or maybe you're widowed, and uh, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. Whatever stage of life you're in, we still can be what the Lord would have for us to be. Amen? And so, uh, again, I like preaching on these things, and I like bringing some things that will will help us. So if you find your place, stand with me. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, and I told you this morning we're going to preach about Noah and his wife, and uh, look at uh, their home, and then uh, learn some lessons from that. Genesis chapter 6, let's begin reading in verse 5. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It kind of sounds like America, does it not? And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart, and the Lord said, "I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Can you imagine. The grief that God himself felt looking at his own creation. Man, those verses sadden me. Amen. But thank God we come to the very next verse. But Noah. Amen. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you tonight, God. We're thankful for the scripture, thankful for the word of God. I ask, God, you'd speak to us, Lord. We need to hear from you. Again, God, as I always say, the people didn't come to hear from me, they come to hear from you. And spirit of God, we ask, please be in our midst. Please do what I can't do. Lord, I can't work on a heart, but you can. And I pray that you'd work and help. And Lord, it's my prayer that every single home represented by every single person in this room tonight, God, would be uh, a strong home of what you'd have it for it to be. We love you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Last time we met two weeks ago, we preached on Adam and Eve and looked at uh, their home. And again, tonight we're going to look at Noah and his wife, look at their home, learn some principles. Here's the first thing I want you to notice about this home. I want you to notice the condition of the day. The condition of the day. Go back to, if you will, look at verse 5 there in Genesis chapter 6 and notice the condition that this family lived in. All right? And Noah saw, I'm sorry, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And of course, we understand the pre-flood world. Uh, there was a lot of things going on in that world, and, and remember, I, I preached probably last year, or not, not that long ago, I forget when it was, I preach, I preach so many messages, I forget when I preach what, what I do, but uh, remember I preached that message, as in the days of Noah, Jesus said that the days right before his return were going to be like the days of Noah, and we took a journey back to Genesis and saw what was going on Noah's day, and guess, Guess what? What was going on then is what's going on now, amen? But in the midst of this this condition they were living in, in the midst of this wicked society, you know what? There was still a family that was living the way God wanted for them to live, amen? Still a family. And you know what? If we're not careful, sometimes we look around, and, and folks, I do admit, it, it is it is a difficult, wicked society, amen? It seems like everywhere you look, a uh, uh, wickedness abounds, sin abounds, amen? Everywhere you look, and, and it seems like it just is a constant attack. You've always got to be on guard. You've always got to be, uh, you know, uh, as men especially, not look in certain places. Amen. Right. Guarding our eyes, guarding our thoughts. And uh, man, Saint knows how to slip into families. He knows what he needs to do to divide a, a wife and a husband and a husband and a wife and against the children and the parents against the children and vice versa. And uh, sometimes we'll think, man, it's just uh, we can't do it. It's just it, it's too wicked. It's too bad. Hey, uh, listen, uh, I understand. Understand that we are living in the days of Noah, but according to the Bible, he was the only right; they were the only righteous family in the world. Guess what? We're, we're not quite there yet. Amen? And I, we're not going to get there. Uh, before the Lord calls us out of here, it ain't going to just be down to one family. Amen? And listen to me, folks. If Noah and his family can do it, we can do it. Amen? We can do it. Even in the midst of the condition that they were living in, I love what it says about Noah. Look what it says in verse 9. And I think this ought to be the goal of every Christian, particularly we as men. Amen? I uh, challenge you men a little bit this morning, and I'm going to challenge you again tonight. Look what it says in verse 9. It says this, and Noah was a just man. Amen? First of all, that's talking about the fact that he was justified. Amen? He was saved. He was born again. And I'm going to tell you, you'll never have the right family if God isn't the king of your heart. Amen? you got to make sure you're saved. you got to make sure you're born again. And that's the first and foremost thing. That ought to go without saying. But it doesn't just say that Noah was just. Notice what else it says. And was perfect in his generations. Now, don't get nervous, okay? That word perfect doesn't mean sinless. Okay? I've taught you that before. That word perfect, when you see it in the Bible, it means mature. It means complete. You know what that meant? Is that Noah, everything he knew to do right, he was doing it. That's what it means. Amen. He was he was mature in his relationship with the Lord. He was uh, uh, spiritually mature. He was complete. And yes, Noah still was a sinner. In fact, God gives us a glimpse of that after the flood. OK, we see the fact that Noah didn't quite have it quite all together, but he lived in such a way that he pleased God. And so uh, I want to challenge us in that area. Amen. I think that we ought to the goal ought to be uh, uh, complete, spiritually mature. By the way, men, let's stop making excuses for not being what we ought to be. Quit making excuses. Amen? You say, yeah, but I got this. I got that. Listen, I just showed you the condition of Noah's day, and he did it. Amen? If he did it, we can do it. By the way, listen to me. We got we got a lot of help to live the Christian life we ought, the way we ought to live it. Amen? You got God living in you. Amen? You got the Holy Spirit. You got part of the triune God residing in your body. Not only do we have the Spirit of God, we got the Word of God. Amen? And it's awful powerful. Again, think about it. Noah didn't have that stuff. The Spirit of God didn't dwell Noah the way he indwells us today. He didn't have the completed Word of God. In fact, he didn't have any of the the Word of God. I mean, it was a different dispensation back then. Uh, God uh, 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 revealed Himself to them different than He does today. He said, well, I wish God would reveal reveal Himself to me that way. Listen, if you can't get it with the Word of God, and you ain't going to get it if God came down and talked to you the way He did to Noah. Ain't going to happen. Amen. In fact, you see God doing that to a lot of people and they didn't get it. Okay? So listen, we have zero excuse. Amen. Zero excuse. Man, we got the Spirit of God living in us. We got the Word of God. By the way, we got the Church of God. Amen. Man, listen, the church is a powerful, powerful uh, institution that Jesus Christ established. We got one another. We got what Noah didn't have. Amen? We got the camaraderie. We get to come here. We get a fellowship. We get to iron sharpeneth iron. We get to sharpen each other. Amen? So quit making excuses and let's be what we're supposed to be. I'm particularly talking to the men. But ladies, this goes for you too. Because there wasn't just Noah. There was Mrs. Noah. And we're going to talk about her in just a minute. Amen? But notice again, verse 9. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And this is it. This is the key right here. Look at what it says. And Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. You say, preacher, you're always coming back to that. You better believe I am. Amen? I can't, I can't uh, uh, lift too high. I can't preach too much the importance of our personal daily relationship with God. Amen? You will never make it. Listen, listen, men, listen, ladies. You'll never raise the right kind of children if you don't walk with God. Ain't going to happen. Amen. Because listen, our walk with God is, is that daily time where, and I'm not just talking about a 15, 20, 30, whatever time slot you take in the morning. Okay. That's part of it. Amen. Walking with God is a constant daily relationship with Him all throughout the day. Amen. Fellowshipping with God, talking with God, letting God speak to your heart about things. One of the uh, men that I was uh, talking to this week down at Brother Unger's church, the name was Brother Harry. Man, you like Brother Harry. He fit right in here. Amen. I mean, that guy, he'd get excited during the song service, and he'd just start shouting, glory to God, isn't it good to be saved? Amen. I told you they did a little bit of things different down in the south. Uh, although, I, that's okay. I, I like it. Amen. But uh, he, he was a truck driver for many, many years. We have some of the men in here. Brother Bob was a truck driver for many, many years and others. And, and he's a truck driver. and He told me this story. Man, this is powerful. He was out driving his truck. He was at a gas station. And he said that he always kept tracks in his pocket. And he was always sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God on who to give those tracks to. And he said there was a guy that was um, filling up a truck next to him. And he said this guy was big. He said he was a big guy. And then the Holy Spirit said, give him a track. And he's like, man, I didn't want to do it. He says, but you know what? I, 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 um, uh, I want to obey the Holy Spirit. So he takes a track out of his pocket and goes give it to the guy. And uh, he says, hey, I got I got a gospel track I'd like to give you. The guy just grabbed it from his hand and kind of growled at him. So he walked away. He's like, okay, Lord, uh, what good did that do? That happened up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, okay? A couple weeks later, he's all the way out in California, and he's at a truck stop, and he's fueling his truck up. He sees a guy walking to him. And, man, this, he said again, big old burly guy. And he starts glancing at him for a minute, and he's like, I think I might know that guy. And the guy comes into to him and he's like, hey! You remember me? And he's like, uh, well, yeah, I think maybe I do. He says, you remember a couple of weeks ago, I saw, you saw me at a truck stop up in Minnesota, and you gave me that paper thing. He's like, let me tell you what happened. He says, that night you gave it to me. I just found out my wife was leaving me. And he's like, I, 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 I'm on the road. And I, he said, I'm, I never messed around on her. I tried to do right. And she, she told me she was leaving me. And I was sitting in the back of my cab. He's like, I had a 38 out with the hammer back to my head. And I looked up in the dash and saw that piece of paper you, that, that you gave me. And was, something told me, I want you read that paper before you pull that trigger. And he says, I went up there and I, I uncrumpled that piece of paper and started reading it. He said, the Spirit of God started coming over me. And he says, I got saved in my cab that night. Amen. Amen. And he says, you know what? He says, as soon as I got saved, you ain't going to believe this. He said, the next day my wife called me and said that she's going to work it out with me. And he says, I just want to thank you for giving me that gospel trap. Listen to me, folks. That seems like such a sensational story. And it is. It's an amazing story. But you know how many more stories out there are like that? If we just listen to the Spirit of God that's in us. You know how important it is for us to walk with God? Amen. Let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you throughout the day. By the way, your life is filled with a bunch of garbage. Your life is filled with a bunch of sin. You're filled with self. Holy Spirit, you ain't going to listen to Him talk to. You You ain't going to hear Him. Amen. And so Noah here, man, their condition of their day was a rough day. Yet they didn't use that as an excuse to not be the family they ought to have been. Amen. And so uh, the condition. Let's look at the next thing here I want you to see is this. I want you to see their children. All right. Verse 10. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now what we learn about this and throughout the rest of the story here as we uh, go through is the fact that in the midst of this wicked condition of a world, Noah and his wife raised a good family. Now we don't have a ton of detail, but we do know this. OK, that they believed their dad enough, OK, to help him with what God called him to do and then get on that ark when it was time to get on that ark. Amen. Yep. By the way, they didn't have to. Yep. OK, God didn't force anybody into the ark, including Noah and his sons and his family. They chose to voluntarily. But yet, you know what? When it was time to come into the ark, they came into the ark. Amen. By the way, I can tell you this. Uh, it wasn't just Noah raising those kids. We don't know her name, uh, but we call her Mrs. Noah. Amen. But this Mrs. Noah, no doubt, uh, was right behind her husband. By the way, society was against Noah. Read it. It's, it's all throughout there. For 120 years, the Bible says that he built that ark, and he, and he was a preacher of righteousness. You know, tell me Noah didn't get mocked. You know he got mocked. Amen? I mean, they thought he was crazy. A rain. What's rain? It's never rained before. I mean, at that point in time, uh, the way God watered the earth, the Bible tells us that, a great mist, and if you uh, study it out a little bit, the Bible tells us, but there was a great water, uh, a canopy of water that surrounded the earth, and that's it was a tropical-like climate. That's why things, people lived to be longer back then, and other things grew to be bigger. That's that's when the dinosaurs lived. And uh, God would cause a mist to come down. Those people never heard of rain before. I mean, think about it. You're telling people something's going to happen that they've never even heard of or seen before. Kind of like in our day and age when we tell people there's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound and God's going to call all the saved people out of here. And then there's going to be a horrible time called the tribulation. You Christians are crazy. That's never happened before. But guess what? It never rained before Noah's day. No doubt, Noah had society against him. But man, you know what? He had somebody that backed him. That was Mrs. Noah. Amen? And you know what? In the midst of that, they raised good kids. Let me just say, uh, church, and especially those of you that have children, all right, listen, we, we need to do it God's way so that we in our wicked society can also raise good kids. Amen? By the way, what's God's way? It's this. Got Men, be the leaders of your home. Amen? Be the leaders. Right. Step up. Take the lead. All right. And then, ladies, you back your husbands. Amen. I'm going to say this. All right. well, Everybody listen to me. OK, I, I love I love you. And uh, as your pastor, I care for you. But you know what? There's some things sometimes I need to say to you. All right. Ladies, you need to back your husbands, figure out what your biblical role is and be that. Listen to me. Christian women are going to have a lot to give an account for at the judgment seat of Christ. Because they did not follow biblically what they were supposed to be as, uh, as a Christian wife. Amen? Listen, it's a big deal to God. Amen? And by the way, if you get that out of whack, you get that out of order, let me tell you who's going to pay the highest price. Your children are. Amen? And listen, moms and dads, listen, you should, uh, raise those kids right. Teach them right. Amen? Listen, p- kids need guidance from parents. Kids are not going to raise themselves. Amen? And you say, well, uh, they don't want to do that. Well, whoopee do, make them do something they don't want to do. Well, I'm afraid they won't like me. Let me tell you something, all right? Quit trying to be your kid's friend when they're in your home. Teach them right, raise them right, and if you do, later on, you can be a friend. Amen? But you know what? Through the midst of the crazy society, Noah and his wife raised the right kind of kids. And uh, we we know that's true by the evidence of the fact that they got in the ark, amen, and went out after the ark, just like we talked about earlier, and replenished the earth or tried to until Babel came along. So a couple hundred years later. And so it's so important, all right? Listen, even in this wicked society, we can still do it God's way and have good homes, happy homes, amen, and raise good kids. Yes, we can. And I get it. We can't make our kids as far as uh, make them choose once it's time to choose. But listen, when they're living under my roof, you better believe I'm going to make them. You got it, amen, all right? Because the the buck's got to stop somewhere, and dads, it stops with us. We're the head of our home. Now, listen, guys, I'm not saying be jerks to your family. I'm not saying that whatsoever. By the way, Noah was not that kind of leader. We know that. You know why? Because he walked with God. Amen? If you're walking with God the way you're walking, you're going to treat your wife right. You're going to treat your kids right. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, the, you know, uh, truth be told, all right, ladies, God has put it in your heart. If you're a Christian lady, if you've if you got the Holy Spirit in you, okay, Christian ladies want to have a good husband that's going to lead them. They want that deep down inside. Amen. And so, listen. Let's do it God's way. And even through the midst of their, the wicked condition, they raised the right kind of children. And you know what? If they did it. We can do it. I want you to notice the next thing about them is this: is their calling. Their calling. No, notice here in Genesis chapter six, verse twenty-two. Look what he says here. He says this. He says, "Thus did Noah." I love that. God comes to him and tells him to do all that's to do. By the way, that's a, that was a monumentus task God called him to do. Man. I mean, listen, the ark, how many of you have ever been to the ark in Kentucky and you've seen it, okay? I don't know about y'all, but when I saw that thing for the first time, my jaw dropped. That's the exact, to best that they can tell, okay, as far as translating uh, the, the cubit to what they think the English measurement of a foot was. That is almost an exact replica, very close at least, to what the size of the ark was. Now, could you imagine God saying, here's what I want you to do, I want you to build that. By the way, guess what? Okay, no Dewalt back then. <laughs> or those of you that are Dewalt snobs, Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee. <laughs> All right. And uh, but whatever. Okay, no power tools. Okay, I mean, listen. This was a monumentous task. Okay, hey, no, no gasoline motor, no cranes, no bulldozers, none of that stuff. But yeah, you know what God said? I want you to do it, Noah. And by the way, not just that. But then the, this this thing of, of gathering the animals, and we understand that God brought those animals, and the Bible says He did, but still, there there that had to be preparation, getting ready for that, the gathering of all the food. I mean, come on, if God came to you and said, I want you to do that, that would be pretty overwhelming, right? But notice what it says in verse 22. I love this. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And that right there ought to be our attitude when it comes to what God wants for us to do. Amen. God, it's overwhelming. Sure it is. God, it's bigger than me. Sure it is. God, it's going to be a lot of uh, 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 sweat, blood, and tears. You better believe it is. All right, God. Yes, sir. I'm going to do it. Amen. Right. That's their. That was their call. That's what God had called for them to do. Let me just uh, just give you here uh, uh, some principles about this. All right. Life is not difficult if we will simply obey God. It's not difficult. It really isn't. I understand sometimes once we uh, figure out what we are to do, uh, sometimes, you know, it may be difficult as far as like, uh, the, you know, uh, the, the difficulty in doing it. But as far as understanding it and comprehending it, listen, we complicate it. Amen. Because we want to do it our way instead of God's way. Simply obey. By the way, watch obedience. I love what it says about Noah. Amen. He did all. Obedience is doing what we're told when we're told with the right attitude. By the way, parents, teach that to your children. That's what obedience is. Okay? Doing what they're told, when they're told. One, two, three. What's wrong with us? Instant obedience. By the way, you train your children to not obey immediately, you're training them to treat God that way. By the way, with the right attitude. Amen? Noah had the right attitude when God came along. Okay? Don't put up with the attitude from your children when you're teaching them to obey. Amen? And listen, that's what obedience... By the way, let me tell you the best way to teach your children to obey. Exemplify it in front of them. Moms, when dad asks you to do something, exemplify it in front of your children. By the way, the Bible still says it. Again, I don't care if I'm the least most popular preacher in town. That's never been my goal anyway. Amen? The Bible still does say for wives to submit themselves to their own husbands and to the Lord. It's in the Bible. Amen? That's what the Scripture says. So, ladies, if your husband asks you to do something, and you cop an attitude with him, guess who's watching? Yep, you better believe it. Amen? And you know what we see here? That they they listen to the call of God. Noah did according to all that God commanded him. And you find that all throughout the account of Noah's life. He did all according to the Lord commanded him. Amen? And the Bible says that God has called us to some things. Just quickly, let me give you a few of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us unto peace. Do you realize that God wants our homes to be peaceful? God does not want your home a war zone. By the way, if there's confusion, if there is turmoil, listen, that ain't coming from God. That's coming from old smutty face himself. Amen? And it's because our flesh gets in the way and we're not doing it God's way. God's called our homes to peace. 1 Thessalonians 4.7 For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Hey, there's a novel concept. Amen? That God's called our homes to be holy. Oh, there's a word that don't get talked a lot about. Amen? There's a word we get nervous about when the preacher starts talking about it. Holiness. Amen? Is it pleasing? Is it holy to God? Heck, simple way to figure it out. Okay, this is a convicting question for me, too. All right. If Jesus Christ were here, would I look at that, listen to that, act that way, wear that if Jesus Christ were here? If the answer is no, there you go. Amen. Holiness. God's called our homes to be holy. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10, how about this? But the God of all grace who hath called us Unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. Aren't you glad that we're called unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus? And I'm thankful for that, amen. Again, that lets us understand something. We better be living for eternity, amen. That's what we're called unto. And then 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that's called us to glory and virtue, amen. Glory and virtue. And again, talking about what's going to be, but also talking about now. Amen? Glory and virtue. So we see their calling, and even through the midst of that wickedness, they still lived up and obeyed what God had for them to do. And the last thing I want you to notice, flip over to Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. This is an interesting word. In fact, I'm probably going to eventually, mark it down, Brother Bob. He always keeps track of things I say I'm going to eventually preach on. Amen? Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 11, very interesting word here, and that's this, their covenant. Their covenant. Probably do a whole Bible study on the word covenant. That appears in your King James Bible a lot. Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. This is after the flood. All right, After they come out of the ark. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Now that word covenant is very interesting. That word means league. It means a confederacy. And God says, listen, we're going to enter into an agreement here. Now, you've heard me say before that we don't make deals with God. But I will say this, amen? God will, uh, it, 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 it's a conditional thing, okay? If you, then I, amen? But God here made a covenant with mankind that he would never destroy the earth by a flood again. And by the way, he hasn't. Now, there has been flooding that, in fact, we've just seen that, have we not, within the last week? St. Louis got flooded out. Eastern Kentucky got flooded out. Other places got flooded out. But you know what? It didn't flood the whole earth. God made a covenant, with a league, a confederacy with, with humanity that there are certain things that, that either is going to be or is not going to be. Amen? And by the way, it's, it's very interesting that the symbol of that covenant, it, again, we talked about this morning, did we not? That Satan tries to have a counterfeit for or pervert the things that God has and tries to pervert it uh, for his use and, and uh, the the symbol that covenant that God made to Noah when he got out of the ark of course was the bow the rainbow by the way this is interesting okay does anybody know uh, how many the, the rainbow in the sky okay it's crazy we got to distinguish that right but the rainbow that God gave is Noah anybody know how many uh, 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 collars are in a rainbow seven that's correct the sodomite crowd who's tried to hijack God's symbol okay anybody know how many collars that rainbow has in it Six, there you go. You think that's an accident? Okay, it's not, amen? What is six? Six is the number of man, amen? Six, 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 number of the Antichrist, okay? But God gave a covenant here. To Noah, that he would no longer destroy uh, the earth with a flood. And I'm going to tell you what's interesting, man. You start going through the scripture, and man, there's a lot, the thing the Bible talks about covenants. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, listen to this verse. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Amen. By the way, all right, our Bible is divided into two parts, is it not? Okay, uh, what is the part, if you're looking at Psalms, uh, Psalms, I guess is in it, but the left side, I call it the left side. It's called the what Testament? Old, Old Testament, right? And then the other part's called the? Why do we call it that? This verse right here answers it, amen? It answers it. And to the Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, amen? And by the way, the book of Hebrews tells us that the only way a covenant can be, uh, uh, can be established is if a tester uh, uh, is there to do that. Guess who's the author of the new covenant, amen? Jesus Christ, amen? Listen, it's, it's a better covenant, by the way, right? It's a better covenant because back then in the Old Testament, part of the old covenant, that's what those animal sacrifices were all about. Okay? They had to bring those animals, continually bring those animals, as just a temporary covering for sin. The man when Jesus came, it's all through our hymn book. We sing it uh, once for all. Amen. O sinner receive it. And we talk about that blood and that, that Jesus paid it all. Amen. We sing all those songs. It speaks to the fact that his blood established a new covenant. And by the way, the only covenant mankind will ever need to have peace with God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of His everlasting covenant. Amen? Now listen, because that covenant that God has made for us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? You know what? We also have responsibilities back to God. Amen? Listen, He owns us. Don't forget that. He owns us. Okay, and and he established that covenant with us and for us. Guess what we have responsibilities We have responsibilities in that covenant by the way we can we're talking about the home tonight And we're we're uh, relating that to our lives and our responsibilities Listen, if we're going to have the right kind of home We have responsibilities to be able to have the right kind of home Amen, we got to make sure we find the bible principles follow the bible principles to have that right kind of home you say well he did that for me and, and I'm glad he did that for me, but I'm just gonna do it my way. Well, I'm gonna say this. You can do that. God gives you the free will to live that way and do that, but it's gonna be a rough ride for you. I can tell you that. Amen? First Corinthians, let's, let's flip over there real quick. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter six. I'm going to show you here a uh, part of because of the covenant, which we're under as far as, uh, as Christians, under the blood of his covenant, all right? The Bible gives us some practical information here about what our responsibilities are back to God. And there's many, but this one kind of sums it all up. I mean, you know, it, 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 there, there's what I call umbrella principles, amen? And God does go into a lot of detail on some things, but there's umbrella principles that God gives us, and if we'll just get that, it covers everything and this is one of those all right and again the context uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 it's pretty interesting if you go back and uh, and start reading through the uh, through through the through the scripture there it's it's about uh verse 9 uh, down through verse uh, starting in verse 9 is the sanctity of the body and marriage so it goes hand in hand Amen. And what we're talking about tonight, all right? Talking about how that the body is holy, and because it's washed and justified, talks about the, that the body is the Lord's. As there, verse thirteen, and that's very interesting here. Uh, what we see in verse eighteen, all right? Notice what it says: flee fornication. Amen. Talking about holiness, talking about purity, morality. Amen? And God expects for His people to be morally pure. Let's say that again. God expects for His people to be morally pure. Amen. Amen. That's right, amen. We better believe that. We better understand that, okay? Here we go. Here's our responsibilities back to God for the covenant we're under with Him. 19 and 20. Very famous passage of Scripture. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Okay, we need to be reminded of that, don't we? Yep, right. Amen. We need to be reminded of that. Well, my body, my choice. No, it's not. Right. Nope. You yep. can't say that as a Christian. It ain't your body? It's God's body. It right. belongs to Him. Amen. He occupies it, right? Yep. I mean, come on. You you the home you live in, you occupy. All right. You got the keys to it, the mortgage is in your name. Hopefully uh, you can get it paid off one of these days, all right, if you live long enough, all right. Your home, you can do what you want. It's your home, right? Well, guess what your body is? It's God's home. Okay, so guess what? You can't do what you want with it. What would you think if I came to your house and started trashing your house? If I started coming to your house and uh, you know, uh, started spray painting all over your house, would you like that? Okay, if I started coming into your house and and walking through the mud and on purpose tracking mud across your house and and just going in there and and throwing things off the shelf, and you wouldn't like that, would you? By the way, God don't like it when we trash His house either. And I ain't talking about the building we're in tonight. I'm talking about His real house. Amen? Listen, because we're under that covenant, we're bought with His blood, and we're relating this directly to the home, by the way. Amen? Hey, we belong to Him. Right? Our homes are His. Now, what, what are we to do with that? Amen? We're to remember what we're supposed to be doing that. For you are bought with the price. Therefore, here it is. Here's that umbrella principle. That if you'll get this, you'll stop struggling in other, other parts of your Christian life. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen? Listen, make your body glorify God. If what you're doing, how you're acting, whatever. Okay? put Fill in the blank. If it ain't glorifying God, then guess what? then we're sinning. Amen? Okay, let's be honest. And you know what? We're not going to all have it all together all the time. I get that. But when we don't, we ought to get right. Amen? And be humble enough to get right. Why? Because of that covenant that God had made with us. Just as that covenant he made to Noah. Uh, God's made a covenant with us. Now you know what I think we ought to do as Christians and, and as moms and dads raising our children. And, and even, even if you've already got your kids raised. what are the, the home that you have, that you're in. Whatever position of life you're in. You know what? Let's, let's uh, take serious that covenant that God has made with us. All right? And, hey, why don't we just uh, uh, vow to God that we're going to have the type of home that pleases Him. Amen? Okay? That we'll just figure out biblically what we're supposed to be doing. As men, we're going we're gonna to figure out what God wants for us to do. And we're going to do it. Ladies, you're going to figure out what God wants you to do and do it. Young people, you're going to figure out what God wants you to do and do it. Amen? And you know what? We can. We can make it happen. If Noah and his family could do it and their wicked generation, we have no excuse. No excuse. So I pray we'll take these things to heart and apply them to our lives. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for the truth of the Scripture. Lord, help us, Lord. God, I need your help, Lord. I don't have it all together, Lord. I try, but I fail. Lord, I want your help, God, please. I pray you'd help me personally to be the husband and the father for my home I ought to be, God, please. Lord, I pray that I'd lead my family right, God. And uh, Lord, uh, uh, because we're sealed under the covenant of your blood, Lord, I pray we take serious our responsibilities back to you. And Lord, help us, Lord. I Again, Lord, I, I pray every single family in this church, God, would be a family that brings you glory and honor. I pray that the men would be what they're supposed to be. The ladies would be what they're supposed to be. The children, Lord, just on and on the list goes. So help us, we pray. I pray you bless our invitation time tonight, God. I pray you speak to our hearts. Well, we need to hear from you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, through this invitation that you'd pour it on. I pray you won't hold back, Lord, that you'd work on our hearts and help us to do business with you, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.